Oh, so many times I get that question of, uh, you know, it's, it's the email, really, which is the current form of, well, I guess it's still the well-accepted form of communication, right? <laughs> uh, James, could you explain or could you give, uh, send me some reading for energy system training or send me some, um, where could I find some more reading to understand it? Um, and I thought about, I keep thinking about like, why, for, first of all, why, why I, I, I'm trying to answer that question and why are they asking me so the second one first? Uh, I know why they're asking me because I talk a big game on energy system training. <laughs> um, I love the concept. I love the idea of work. Uh, it's got progression in it. It's got skill in it. Uh, progression. It's got teaching in it and learning inside of it. It's got uh, all these ideas of uh, like a like a pathway to maximal potential, you know. But the first question, I I can't. I don't have an answer for them. I basically tell them every time there's not a book written on it. I don't point them in the direction of uh, some books that uh, propose to have the answers for energy system training. Uh, propose to have the answers for conditioning or propose to have the ideas even as to what is inside of the training that's in some particular sports. I can't uh, point them in that direction. Um, I basically just end up saying, get it, get your hands on the more recent text for uh, biology and uh, metabolism and anatomy and physiology and just uh, dig around, see what you find, look at, you know, current models and, and go from there. Um, yeah. Energy system training for sport. I've been, you know, mulling over the idea. These are the thoughts that have been in my head as to how to approach the topic um, is first and foremost, I come in with, you know, this, I guess this timeline sequence for my own understanding, um, how it sits, you know, there was a point where I was blind to it. I just think, think of young ages. Um, I think probably in my university days, I became aware of the concept of it. Um, and then I got into practicing it, you know, embodying it over time. So it's that point where I thought it was true, you know, cause I was practicing it myself. And then of course, uh, well, not of course, but as then as you start embodying it, you, you test things out and you learn over time that now you start seeing, you know, now you start seeing things when you put it into practice, like for me trying to propose energy system training for particular sports, you start seeing some of the inadequacies of those foundations that you learned about or some of the, so then, so then you, you basically use the excuse then, well, it's individualized or for this particular sport, this doesn't work. And so it does make you question. And then eventually you just end up using these big terms like autoregulation and physiological conformity and uh, biometabolic learning process. <laughs> you just end up using these terms. And the reason why you end up using those terms is because you don't have an answer uh, to the question, what should I do for energy system training for my sport? And, uh, so, and, and so you keep going with that and now this is where I am. <laughs>
I've landed. So in my lens, the story has gone through this point of blindness to like trying it out to realizing in the end as a general statement, um, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense. That's one thing that was mulling over my, my brain to start the particular topic. The second thing is, is this is the common, you know, phrase that I use when I have the, the five minute bit that needs to be used. Um, when, when it's questioned, you know, I just imagine just figurative or co this, this concept where it's like, James, you're on CNN, <laughs> you got 30 seconds. <laughs> What's with this, uh, energy system training for sport. <clears throat> and my, my answer always is if you want to get better at a sport, you got to play the sport. And if you want to get better at the sport, you got to do whatever it takes to play the sport as much as possible. And within that, you know, there's, well, what are we, what sport are we talking about? And so hopefully, um, for those who are trying to understand that, um, we're going to assume that when we say, or when the commentary is made energy system training for sport, we're going to presume that the actual sport endeavor um, uh, does require sustainable contractions. Okay. And it does require um, the learning of those sustainable contractions. Now I haven't done a really good, you know, uh, hard look at this and put it on paper and got a box to kind of like go through this list for you. But, um, I'm hoping you could be imaginative in that process, right? So let me let me try here so you can see the differentiating lines. So um, a friend of mine just sent me a, a 5K row uh, Instagram post from this this gentleman, 207 pounds. I think Tom George. I don't know if that's his name, but that's his his handle. Did like a 1453 5K, 4059 5K, 4053.5K. Um, anyways, so. So you could see that that's uh, that's sustainable energy, right? And so uh, that that would be one side of the case of what I'm trying to talk about here. And uh, let's use another example: my daughter playing soccer. Okay, so it's still sustainable contractions. So that you know, and the other side is uh, weightlifting, right? So you got to you know, lift that load one time. You get you know, three attempts. Excuse my ignorance on the testing parameters for it, but and not training the testing parameters of it for the sport um, where do you see that's where it's like, well, geez, what is energy system training for weightlifting? And if you go, gosh, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense right away to dig into that particular question for that particular sport, then you can see dividing lines. So when I'm saying energy system training for sport, we're going to make a presumption that we're going to be talking about the, the sports that would require it on the playing field in the actual participation and full maximal physical expression of the sport. Okay. Cause there could be some side arguments for the conditioning that's in, involved in order to have repeat maximal contractions at a real high intensity. I get that, but not for today. So now we're a little bit more refined, you know, um, but it's still, and I'm not, I don't want to spend a lot of time there, but it still does, you know, open up uh, lots of different categories of questioning of what is sport and what is this sport condition, condition and environment that we're discussing. And I'm not going to add too much to it, but let's just say there, there are some nuances in there as to what is actually uh, necessary inside that sport for actual 
dedicated time for the classic, you know, word that we use conditioning to be as best as possible at the sport. Uh, I'm still going to fall back on, well, they could just practice a whole lot better or a whole lot more or a whole lot less or whatever <laughs> to get better at that sport. But uh, there, there is a little bit of nuance in there. Let me take a second to think about uh, where there could be an example sport nuance. Uh, maybe short or uh, short program uh, figure skating. No, see, I'm having a tough time with it even. So, so maybe it's, maybe it's pretty clear, right? Maybe it's pretty clear. So anyways, as long as we're all understanding those dividing lines between maximal expressionable and contraction, and then all the sustained contractions. Okay. So now you can say, okay, well, uh, how is it possible to go through all the energy system training that's necessary for all the sports? And the, the question, the answer is it's impossible. Uh, as I said, I'm sure there's a, there's a book out there that's 1500 pages and contains all the information necessary for that. I don't even know how they're going to extract all the information from what's in the trenches on it. Now that doesn't deflect what I'm trying to do here. Cause that could be an easy out. Right. We could say, oh, well, it's so individualized per sport that uh, you just got to get down to the nitty gritty and then and then see what goes on in the real sport. Well, that's actually what I'm going to use as my my argument against energy system training for sport, because when you actually get into the to the uh, it's called the nuts and bolts and you actually are inside with the athletes during the season, preseason, et cetera, you know, it actually doesn't look like what, you know, you think is happening on the outside for energy training for sport. Um, and herein, you know, you can give, give a couple examples. These are just a couple, two that comes to my brain, one more local and one more global local in speaking with the Phoenix suns, uh, group and their team that handles their training. Um, uh, they made mention of measuring, uh, measuring, you know, how many accelerations and how much work they do with uh, biometrics for the, the, for the athletes. And then they can individualize the kind of training that they do for them. Right. And so, so they could, you know, even break it down to like how many cuts and back and forth and how many, um, and I'm, I'm being I'm not being very good on description here, but they can measure work output. Okay. And this is work output during practices um, and work output uh, in scrimmages, three on three, five on five, half court, all these different scenarios. Um, and so, and, and what I saw from that was really just an, it, it's an estimation of looking at what energy system training they're doing. Do you see what I'm saying? But nowhere did I see lots and lots of practice of the classic. Now I'm not saying Phoenix Suns are saying this, but I'm just saying that, you know, there, you don't see them, you know, doing quote unquote classic textbook um, individualized energy system training for basketball players. You don't see them doing it. Um, instead, it's basically giving them best management practices possible to allow them to express themselves with their sport in a career as a pro in basketball, right? Taking care of them, making sure they're, you know, quote unquote, got everything awake and ready to rock and roll. Can you have a good practice? What's required for you to have a good practice? Where are you in the, in the pecking order? You know, all those things is very complex, but you know, it's just, it's just not there. Energy system training as we know it, let's call it way out here, you know, way out here up in Scottsdale, not even down by the, by the center. Uh, that's not it. Right. It's another thing I think about is, um, is a uh, more, the, the global one is, I keep thinking of Dan Baker and all of his work that he did for rugby and particular kinds of, uh, I think what was the 
terminology that Dan would use for maximal aerobic speed or something like that. I apologize if that's wrong as well, but you know, I learned a lot of things from that too is um, it, uh, Dan did a bunch of work uh, that uh, uh, of rugby athletes with regards to some of these interesting questions, right? So what should the training be and what should it look like and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I, I don't, I don't know enough about the program to comment on anything, but um, it, that quote unquote programming that is done for rugby is not what's done for every rugby program around the world. You know, um, now that doesn't make what Dan does wrong, but again, it does bring into question if you're coming up with these systems, systems of energy system training specifically, and you're going to say this, this worked well in the lab, you know, you got to continue with that story to say, okay, well, within the trenches, what exactly are people, people doing that lead to the optimal success of the longest career, um, you know, et cetera. And, you know, from what I just know, and I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not immature to the idea, uh, or let's call it so far outside of what happens in rugby training around the world. I have my hands in a bunch of different areas where I could somehow connect to what they're up to and they're not doing that. You know, you know what they're doing? They're doing a lot of field practice and training, a lot of skills practice, a lot of, uh, you know, particular sets without contact, you know, it just, it basically then, you know, melds over into, into this, like, you know, you can start thinking about it for something that could be closer to home for a lot of people in, uh, in the USA who are listening in for uh, football, for American football, what we know as American football. And just the amount of, you know, uh, the amount of uh, stadium stairs that uh, football players are not doing, you know? Um, so it, it, and of course, you know, first thing that comes up is like, oh, well, I was 60, you know, I was running stairs. Uh, yeah. So did you ever make it farm football? Uh, was it just because you're out of shape and you needed to, you know? So what I'm saying there, just like on the back end of Dan Baker's research or Dan Baker's information for that global perspective of energy system training for these global sports, it doesn't mean that it's happening everywhere. You know, if we're going to have this conversation, you know, just think about it this way. What is, what is the, what is the, if you had to answer it, what is the best energy system training for American football players? Do you see how you're like, it's so complex, right? What are we talking about? A wideout that has to run this particular, and then the question there is like, do they do a lot of energy system training for that? Or do they do uh, uh, practice and skills of that? I.e., um, like, are they running routes, right? And are they running routes at a certain effort and tempo? And could I get someone like, uh, uh damn path to just watch um practice and go man you you did uh 13 and a half uh 90% efforts uh for 60 meters do you know this <laughs> you know and so this happened in practice right so then the question has to remain then why does that football player from the public's eye you know this is what the public thinks oh energy training for american football i bet you that football player is is up at Dan Paff's facility uh, running three times a week, probably, right? You know, like getting in the, you know, uh, 12 seconds on and and uh, and three minutes and 48 seconds off, you know, times nine. <laughs> no, it's not happening. It's not happening. You know what they're doing? They're probably in an ice tub somewhere or just taking a, taking a breather from what? From practice, from going through the roots for the team on this weekend, I'm probably using, you know, such shitty terms, 1985 Chicago bear terms, but they're going through the plays, uh, 
for the weekend going through rotes r-o-u-t-e-s you know like oh this is what's going to happen you know this way. so you you rep it out you repeat it i'm just assuming this is what happens and it's not like i'm outside of that i've i've been to buddy's uh uh buddy is the coach of the cardinals here uh, i've been to see what they do and uh yeah they're they're getting ready for a competition you know uh, for who's upcoming, you know, thinking about defenses and thinking about who's going to be defending them, et cetera. That was just the wideout example, right? So you could take that though and filter it down and then just to see how not only individualized it becomes on every particular position for American football, but it all the cards just fall away, right? It stops becoming energy system training for sport. It starts becoming uh, management of these organisms, right? These meat sacks that uh, want to do some violent shit every Sunday, you know, and that that's not folks energy system training. So, and then I say the cards fall away because there's like a million stories of what the answer is to that question, right? What is the, what is the, what's energy system training for football players, right? What are we talking about? <laughs> Position, uh, off season, are you 12? You know, <laughs> are you 19 looking to get a contract? Right? Are you? Uh, is it pro day? Is it twelve weeks from pro day? I don't know. Right. So this doesn't mean this doesn't mean that that particular human at some point in time does uh, you know skill training for the sport, but don't call it energy system training. You can't call it that. I mean, maybe my me saying can't. I think the whole thing on this may be just semantics or just. Um, what is the language and that, that ugly crossover, right. Of how we've, uh, we have prop proposed and, and propagated this idea that, uh, oh, this energy system training happens for athletes. Right. And it's so beautiful and aesthetic and, uh, and we try to bring it over into health. Right. <laughs> and we try to bring it over into, into life. I'm not going to go down that road today, but that's where the that's where the creep happens. And who are the people that are going to be purchasing the book that's called Energy System Training for dot 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 right? It's not just the sport participants, right? Because <clears throat> the that I consulted with this uh, uh, pro tennis player last year on this particular question, aerobic capacity. He wanted to improve it, so we went down this road of, uh, um, you know, what what. You know, I had to ask all the questions, the volume questions. What does he do day to day? Lifestyle. Anyways, to, to make it short, he had a ton of resilience, you know, and basically from what I saw from outside looking in, he just needed to be able to be in a good enough lifestyle position so he could practice more, you know? So it had nothing to do with, you know, me giving him some fascinating insight into aerobic capacity or what he called aerobic capacity. And you can see here where energy training for sport comes in, it had nothing to do with that. It had to do with you know, all these other variables of, right, of management of lifestyle and uh, the coaching practices and uh, managing, trying to like, you know, recover from weekends where you got to perform to keep your paycheck going, you know, like all those things is the, you see, it's the management aspect. It's got nothing to do with the energy system for sport. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad I just mentioned that. So for tennis, my daughter plays tennis and uh, her and I don't discuss this in this particular language, but we discuss it in the form of conditioning, right? And so she is at the understanding now, you know, with these little things and feedback of, you know, simple things. I'll just give you a little point that 
you know, so we have debriefing sessions, right, after these little short set uh, competitions, uh, which is great for developing athletes, by the way. That's a whole conversation for another time. And um, and she really, uh, you know, uh, recognizes now with the debrief briefs that we used to have or we continue to have, uh, mainly on a Sunday night or the odd time on Monday when we get a chance to uh, to be together after the weekend, uh, where she would say, uh yeah, no, I just felt on, you know, felt on this week and she couldn't, she can't connect to why she felt on, right? Why it was like good, quote unquote, good, right? Perception and, and confidence and like seeing, seeing the ball, you know, and like what her coach tells her, which is great is just, just make good shots. Just focus on making good shots, right? Um, or the best shot possible. But I just find just a fantastic coaching cue for her specifically, very individualized to Hannah. Anyways, but she recognizes that when she has these like, good consistency in practices and repetition of the sport <clears throat> that ends up happening, right? So with the debriefing, Hannah says, oh, no, I felt really good. And I would say, well, why do you think you felt that felt good, right? And she has to try to think about that. And because, you know, she's a younger person, uh, Hannah's 15, um, you know, she's starting to think more about that now and she's starting to put together, right, that it had to do with her and her practices and her consistency and her actually being out there. My whole point being is that the energy system training in this particular N equals one, right, for Hannah was the actual participation and practice of the sport, right? So what was the energy system training that Hannah did, right, to have that outcome of like, well, it felt pretty good this weekend. It was playing the sport and doing whatever is necessary to play the sport often. Again, inside of here, which which rolls away from just particular tennis and Hannah, but also just other areas that, that convolutes this whole shitty thing. Honestly, I call it a shitty thing because there's always the story, right? Of the deconditioned over fat athlete who, who uh, all of a sudden now releases a book or tells their story. Um, and it has a limelight moment. Uh, all because of what they did, right? So everyone's like, oh, the energy system training that this athlete did must have been. But no one wants to ask the question, why did you need to do that? Why did you need to do that? You know, and, long, you know, not long gone, but gone are the days where most athletes now get themselves in those positions. Let's call it the rock star position, uh, which is either here or there, topic for another time on specialization versus generalization or off-season, on-season, et cetera, and recovery. But uh, gone are those days a lot where, you know, the the person, oh, it's the energy system training that got me here, you know, uh, but but that in the book, they don't they don't start off by saying, now, listen, all the stuff going forward was simply just a manifestation that came about in order to fix my poor lifestyle. <laughs> that's not that's not how the book is started, you know. No, the book is like, ooh, look at this. Look what I'm capable of doing dot, 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 it had to do with all this, <laughs> you know, it had to do with all this. It also, and I'm, I'm going through multiple sports here, so stay with me. It also makes me think about, you know, as, as hard as it is to answer questions for something like American football, um, you know, it may be even more difficult, but I think it's even so obvious to the points that I'm making about practicing the sport. We talk about elite cycling. So really good cycling. So what's the energy system training that cyclists do? Right, just think about that. Answer that question. Right, what do they do? They bike. So it's not energy system training. It's 
It's biking. You're training biking. Right? So, you know, just in case, I'm just going to do a, a point in time reference here. If you're not in a sport and you're just doing fitness for life, it's possible you're doing some form of energy system training when you do cyclical modalities for the conversation I'm having today. But we're not in that. The conversation for today is energy system training for sport. So I'm making the assumption. Sorry it took so long. It's 22 minutes, 24 minutes. And I'm finally telling you, yeah, this is sport, right? But I do want you to hang on because you may not have participated in. You may not uh, be training athletes, but it's important for you for the principles, right? So you don't get caught up in thinking a certain way and trying to understand principles of the function, uh, the metabolic function that's required to have carryover to make athletes as best as possible for their sport. Okay, so elite cycling is an easy one. So is marathon running, right? What is, and I know I'm, you, you know, I can just hear people giggling as I ask this question. What is energy system training for a marathon, right? I, ho I hope you understand it's probably just getting really good at running 26 miles. That's, that's what you need to be good at. And all the things that are associated with it, okay? All the things that are associated with it. Um, are there particular kinds of uh, the skill that you do? Yep. At different rates and pace. Uh, that's arguable, but yes, it may occur. Right? It may occur. Um, some arguments for uh, the same pace embedded in based upon your development. Some arguments for uh, variation, uh, perturbations in pace uh, to stimulate the development of your capacity um, relative to your training age. Um and then there's an elite category of multiple different things. But I think a lot of that is just to, like for American football, is just to salvage uh, people and keep them from running a marathon every day. Um, but there, it's hard to answer that, you know. It's hard to say what is the energy system training for the sport instead of, you know, instead of just saying, oh, I, I, they just want to be really fucking good at running so they can do it all the time. Yes, that's the, that's the right answer to that. Um, you know, uh, biathlon. What is the energy system training for biathlon? This is an interesting one that may uh, cross some geographical boundaries. Um, it may pull us in and out of uh, in season, out of season. You know, just making an assumption that uh, uh, you're trying to envision now someone, you know, on a on a country road somewhere, paved country road. You know, doing the doing the wheels with the skating and the poles, right? <laughs> and carrying a gun, like shooting, shooting red tail hawks on the top of poles as they like then put their, put their uh, uh, gun back on over their shoulder and gets back on the country road, paved country road, right? <laughs> gets plowed over by a trailer, track trailer. I could just see the honking going on, right? What the hell are you doing out here on a country road with your, with your summer skates on? Anyways, uh, so energy system training for biathlon. Just and you know, it's very tough for us to manufacture an idea around the totality and time of the race. And there's some some variance to that, but just get this: you're going to be in the cold, <laughs> you're going to be skiing. Uh, you know, it's a combination of different styles of skiing, uh, just based upon what's in front of you for the for the tasks. But uh, you know, variation up and down in elevation, variations in speeds, corners, um, etc. And you got laps of this same course, right? This one course, this could be, I don't know, 3K, 5K, but you got laps. It could be 1K. Um, and then you got to come back and 
calm down and then shoot, right? And then you get a little penalty lapse if you miss the thing. But I'm just trying to lay it out for those of you who are uh, who've never been on the internet or never watched the Olympics, um, what the biathlon is. So you get asked the question, well, what is energy system training for that? And I this kind of hits a little bit closer to home because um, uh, uh, Nelson Ayot, who I'm not sure if he's still connected with the the St. Louis Blues, but um, he uh, he was there with uh, Charles Poliquin here in uh, Arizona in the early days, and I got to uh, chat with him. Um, uh, I would say it's intensely because the short time you have with these great minds. Um, you don't want to be you want to be pulling too much from them, but uh, he offered time to discuss some of these things, um, energy system training for particular for biathlon, which he did a lot of work on, and then like how it carried over to other sports, and um, the same questions arose, right? Like this planning out of what he would call, um, and I uh, I took as maximal aerobic power in the language. I love that language and the progression of it, and et cetera. And, uh, you know, what, what came into understanding is that, uh, the, it's the, it's the skills, it's the same story. So nothing surprising is going to happen here in case you're waiting for this unbelievable ending. No, it's just, it's just a repetitive understanding that it's hard to see, is it energy system training or are you just practicing the sport? You know, are you practicing the skills of the sport? Um, ice hockey could be another example of that, you know, um, you know, the classic, you know, it brings people to understand or think about the classic example of the 1980s, you know, U.S. on ice with um, Mike, uh, geez, I just learned about his name this weekend. Um, damn it. Ruzioni. I apologize if I bastardized that. I got to do a better job of research prior to this. Anyways, great story um, and a uh, great movie, by the way, um, <laughs> of... Uh, Kurt, what's his name? Anyways, uh, as the head coach. And, you know, the uh, everyone remembers that part of the film where uh, they had to do the suicides, right? And uh, they were going to close down the arena and they kept them going over and over, right? And a lot of people, just from my feedback, from, you know, getting people to talk about it who are not in the hockey world, you know, thought that that must be apropos. Like, this is what happens in hockey. And that's the farthest from what happens in hockey. Again, dependent upon your development, right? So, again, if you're at, you know, recreational level, um, uh, I don't know, peewee hockey, and you, you play 13 games a, a year uh, over, like, you know, six months, and uh, which does happen, by the way, in some neck of the woods, but just giving my, my point here, and but you practice a lot, you may see, quote unquote, these suicide sprints, right? But again, it's all for uh, skating. It's for the skill of skating. It's, of course, to connect the skill of skating with fatigue, right? The feelings of the fatigue. Um, but I can guarantee you, most coaches are not like, hmm, how much time is it going to take for this work for a blue line, red line, blue line back, you know, end line back? You know, how much rest time are we going to take? How does that carry over to work capacity for the sport and the sports demands or functional carryover? They're not doing that. Right. They're not doing the questioning that um, was it uh, Cal Dietz, I think, and uh, Ben Peterson in Minnesota were asking. Right. Those those critical questions on what exactly might that be? That's the uh, the carryover of these KPIs for hockey. 
um, and it being aerobic capacity and how it's practiced, et cetera, they're not asking that, right? So again, that doesn't allow us, a, a, you know, a deference from trying to come up with energy system training for hockey, but it sure shit makes you ask the question, is it possible that we could just allow the athletes to play the sport in an environment that, you know, is safe and allows them good recovery and safe meaning from, you know, possible injury or overreaching. And, uh, you know, they can pick up quote unquote conditioning, right? We're not going to call it that, but they can pick up conditioning uh, along with all these other skills so that when they get into those 13 games throughout the year that they can have some success. Yes. And it doesn't require suicide sprints. So we, we commonly get lost in this like, oh, geez, you know, I, I just see conditioning going on in preseason or for like the Olympic team as an example, right? But these guys weren't, you know, uh, pro players playing every couple of nights, right? So you could see that the the dynamics and the challenges around trying to get to an understanding of what energy system training is for sport and how, you know, I would hope you would fall into seeing really the the uh, facade. It's, you know, it's just the people people propose um, even for look up, I look up on my uh, books here in front of me and, you know, there's individuals that for, for special forces or for, you know, tactical training of individuals, you can see how it even seeps into that, right? Like energy system training for the tac tactical athlete. I mean, they're even calling them athletes. They're not even athletes. <laughs> there's humans, right? Uh, uh, defenders, you know, human defenders, uh, human soldiers or Ever, but, it's, but they're not athletes. Um, and the reason why they want to use athletes, why? Because they want to sell a book that says, oh, we have the special sauce on energy system training uh, for these people. We have the special sauce for our definition of resilience. We have the special sauce for a uh, specific kind of autoregulatory feedback for resistance training. You know, it's all, it's all the same language, right? But then you look inside the trenches, and I've been inside the trenches for these people. It doesn't look like that. They're not doing energy system training. <laughs> There's some, there's some people that you have to fucking say, dude, you're just overreaching. You're not going to be ready to, to go or you're just going to burn yourself out. And there's others, it's like, oh, what are we going to do? Or we're just waiting around. Just lift some weights and eat good and practice fucking breaking down doors and shooting things. Do you know what I mean? Like, or, or grappling or, you know, hand to hand or it, it, they're practicing the skills. This is the, again, it's a, it's another example why it seeps in. Anyways, to back up, it's, it's why it, you know, everyone thinks it carries over, you know, and then I look up again um, and I see the uh, the book written by uh, Ryan. What's his last name? Anyways, the book's called the Sprinter's Compendium. And it's a fascinating book. It's almost like the, the uh, triathlete training Bible or the swimming training Bible. You know, these are great books because you get insights into all these coaches and what they're actually doing in the trenches. Right, what they actually do, and guess what they're not. Do they're, guess what they're not doing. They're they're not doing energy system training. They're doing training of the particular sport, right, for blocks of time or tempo or etc. But it's not for. It's 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 less. It's less than you think for conditioning, and it's less than you think for capacity improvements. It's more for refinement of skill. It's more for management of, rec of recovery of the nervous system. It's more for just getting really good at the sport, right? So what is energy system training for sports? It's playing the sport, playing it as often as possible. 
this and if I if I take it back to the, my initial point on my lens of looking at it, you know, nowhere has it been more obvious than in mixed modal, right? Where and the reason why, in my opinion, it's become super obvious, I think it's one of the only sports out there that actually has to train particular different uh, time frames of work. Now you add to that all the complexities of modalities, right? Uh, just if you don't understand what I'm saying there, when someone goes to the crash bees or, you know, goes to a, a Yale rowing competition, um, I'm, I don't know too much about it, but maybe there's a, a qualifier and then a championship. Okay. And it's, it's seven minutes each. I'm now listen, can be way off, but I can tell you what, it's not nine times that over three days. You see, you see my point? And it's not, it's not, uh, you know, six minutes Friday morning, uh, 27 minutes at noon and then like a max row test for 20 seconds in the evening. And then, Oh, don't forget, wake up. And now you got to do uh, a 15 minute, do you know what I'm saying? It's not that it's, it's, it's not only mixtures of time, i.e. this is how you can see it's leaning back to why my lens is so sensitive for energy system training for sport is that there's a bunch of different freaking modalities inside of it. So it's not just getting good at rowing, right? And I'm sorry if I've lost you there on the analogy of pulling it over to rowing. But when you row, it's like, what are you doing? I'm fucking rowing. We're on water. It's this time frame. Let's do this thing, right? So for mixed mole, as the pure, as the person way on the outside knows nothing, looks at us like, holy shit, like that's a lot of different time frames. A lot of different things. So anyways, for my lens, it's it made me super sensitive to the concept of when someone says we need to do energy system training for this particular sport. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And I'm not you know, saying this as an olive branch for people like, oh, I see the mixed martial arts. No, you just see commercials of these guys uh, wearing masks and drinking monsters and flipping tires. They're not doing that shit. Okay. So bring it back. Anyways. Uh, well, but we just want to give a second for those people who are, who are trying to say that, um, inside of mixed modal, it was super obvious that you had to get people up to being able to express the sport at its full potential prior to even <laughs> getting them into quote unquote, fixing capacity and fixing the limiters around capacity. There's a shit ton of people and any coach you know, I get, you know, if you, if you, uh, this is not a call in, so you can't just say, oh, I'd like to speak up and second your point <laughs> are just screaming right now, you know, into their, into their listening unit going, yeah, my gosh, like, uh, it took a while, like a long while, like years for people to be able to get to the point where they could actually do a full weekend of full expression. <laughs> and some people on here are going, geez. I got a lot of people who've never even got there, you know? So this is the truth inside of it. So what am I talking about there? I'm talking about energy system training for the sport. It's very tough to actually get people to actually express the sport before you can then like fix what's needed inside of capacity. Otherwise, just to get up to that point, you know what they need to do? They just need to do more work, like a, just, just more, right? More every week. What happens when they get tired? Take a week off? And then when, what happens when you... What happens next? You start again, just do more again until they tap out. It's like, okay, take a week off. Okay, let's come back. Let's start doing it. And hopefully you don't get injured along the way. I'm minimizing it 
you know, down to seeing it's that simple, but it's not that complex, right? Of course, there's a lot of things inside of there, fixes of movement purity and uh, lifestyle management and Jesus, the emotions, Jesus, the emotions. Anyways, uh, the management of that, but you can see that, you know, it's, uh, it becomes really obvious then in my lens to go, holy crap, like this really does involve this intricate insight and investigation into how to improve particular systems of energy, of energy maintenance, of energy output. And uh, then you can see that when you, when you say, let's try to use the same language and carry over to mixed modal, right? So if you want to get good at mixed modal, you need to do mixed modal a lot and you need to do whatever it takes to be able to allow you to do mixed modal a lot. Do you see that? So I'm saying the same thing as I said for other sports, right? If you want to get good at a sport, you need to play the sport a lot. Lose all your, you know, bullshit stuff you've been taught about overreaching and specialization and fatigue and injury, right? Okay, in another conversation for another time, lose it, right? And ask the question, why can't people participate with their sport a lot, you know, safely without overreaching and doing it often so that what is embedded inside the practice of the freaking sport is dot, dot, dot energy system training. Do you see that? So come back over to mixed modal. If you want to get good at mixed modal, just to answer that question for those knowing my history and based upon mixed modal and the practice of it, you got to be able to practice. You got to be able to do mixed modal all the time, right? A lot. So it becomes like breakfast. It's just, eh, it's just what you do, right? And if you're spending all this time thinking about, you know, oh my gosh, I don't know how to come up with these routines to help improve energy system training for mixed modal. Maybe you just need to keep doing more work with people to get them to the point where they can actually express for a full weekend, right? And if you have a shit ton of people in front of you uh, that are just not being able to do that, I'm just going to give you the little secret here. Don't fix the training. Yeah, you need to fix their fucking lifestyle, right? Or you need to do a better selection of who's in front of you for the sport. Uh, but you need to fix their lifestyle. You need to do better nutrition, better recovery, better mindset, you know, better all those other things, right? Um, now it doesn't mean you're not going to do any adjustments, but just go back to those principles I just gave you. Just doing more. Yeah, energy system training for sport. You mentioned you heard me mention a little bit earlier on mixed martial, mixed, uh, martial arts. And again, I would like to, uh, you know, point out. Um, Ah, uh, gosh. Uh, what's his name? Joel. Joel Jameson, a uh, colleague um, of mine. The His great contribution of the perspective around not only a particular concept, I would like to call it, or theory and idea around what is conditioning for mixed martial arts, because it's a tall task, right? But you get inside of the trenches with him, and he'll be honest with you. It's very individualized, etc., but he did want to take it further than that, right? And take it outside the MMA doors and pass it on to quote unquote conditioning for athletes, which is great, fantastic in terms of the concept. But it is going to bump up against this point that is it possible that inside the trenches for the really good ones for mixed martial arts, the practice, is it possible that the practicing of the skills for the sport is actually their conditioning. 
is it possible that with the multiple development of different kinds of skills that are needed for a fighter, it is their conditioning? And is it possible that around the world, collectively, it's not well accepted that there actually is a method for improving conditioning for mixed martial arts? If those three things are true, then you can see how, quote unquote, a system of energy system training for mixed martial arts is a, just a concept, right? Now, not from his universe, but from mine on another another area of outside looking in. I uh, spoke to Duncan French about this, who would do some kind of at least a, an oversight or management of mixed martial arts for UFC and training and et cetera. Um, yeah, he would say something like, man, uh, this is what he answered back. James, it's really just managing personalities, right? Some of these guys... Uh, come from you know different backgrounds in a wrestling background when you got to basically pull the reins on them and they'll basically run themselves into a wall to think that that's going to be beneficial for their fight and then there's others that are very tactically uh sensitive right like they, they think that the that the that learning of the tactics and the strategies is the most important thing and then there's the really odd duck that is somewhat connected to like okay I'm doing a good sense making of my of my capacity, and I may need to do these things in order to you know be a, so you can see in all of that nowhere in there right was his answer oh for energy system training for mixed martial arts it's simply uh, five minutes of work and one minute's of rest and do, you know he didn't hear any of that right didn't hear any of that so again on the outside looking in any any pundit you know who has never done anything with a mixed martial arts athlete or trained anyone. Would be like well based upon my clinical expertise in physiology it looks like five minutes of work at a fairly intense pace followed by a minute of sitting uh five times <laughs> i don't know why i sound like that but i you know i'm just trying you know trying to sound like the pundit who with all his physiology knowledge uh would have an answer to the question what's mixed martial arts and again they fall into the trap thinking that oh it's what's expressed particularly uh in the sport that's going to be uh the 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 answer uh for that but it it, it it's not <laughs> it's just it's just simply not so you can see how it kind of just falls falls apart for it um i whoa um just saw the time i gotta go pick up my uh, little my littlest one chloe uh she's doing track and field right now and uh but i'm not done on the particular topic so it looks like i'm gonna have to do a part two because I have a few things more to say, but I hope I, uh, I, uh, how do I say it? How did I say it before? I hope I wet your appetite. I wetted your appetite. What's the past tense of that? Hmm. Uh, I hope I increased your appetite for the conversation of, uh, the truth around energy training for sport. And, uh, now I hope you can go scour all the documents so people propose to know the truth and see some of those pieces inside and, you know, as I say all the time, just get inside of some coaching settings, right? And true sport coaching settings and see the beauty inside of them just getting really good at the sport, right? And then we can just end this age-old money-making conversation on the speciality of energy system training for sport and just see it that people are just getting the sport better. Anyways, uh, because I promised this before and I, hey, I figured out what I missed in the last one. I, figured, I missed out on um, the music that I've been uh, currently listening to. Anyways, I'll make this quick. Uh, for food, um, I had, was it Five Guys Burgers this weekend up in Seattle? Oof, that was a good burger. Uh, I just want to make mention of that. 
uh, music, I want to give a shout out. <laughs> Isn't that so 90s? A shout out to uh, KBOC. Um, it's a uh, local uh, classical music radio station I listen to. Um, there's an odd chance that out of the uh, 10 listeners we have, one of them may uh, be in Arizona and listen to that. Um, oh, a thumbs up, thumbs down. I was going to add that to this week. Mm, I don't know if I have the time for that. I'll tell you what, a thumbs up is um, is a great documentary uh, that I uh, watched for the second time today on what happened to Roland Fryer at Harvard. Um, gosh, I won't give any commentary on it. Just go search it on YouTube. Man, fantastic story for me. Um, I got through the weekend in Seattle. Um, um, as I wrote a text to Hannah, she asked me how it went um, as I was coming home. And I said, you know what? I'm happy that I was physically prepared to withstand four games over 42 hours. Um, and uh, we came second. Yep. Uh, we did well. We lost in the final 4-3. Uh, close game. Um I felt I played well, uh, so did our team. Got to give it to these, uh, we'll call us all the older fellers. Uh, we did the best we could, and it was a lot of fun. Um, currently, I'm reading The Denial of Death by Ernest Becker. I, Gosh, I really should have had more time for this because I could give a lot of great uh, perspectives of the benefits of reading this book and taking me through the concept of what he's proposing is this massive lie that we have around this impending doom around death and the, the, the conversation around it. He's taken me through a good uh, teaching for me anyways of Kierkegaard and Freud and Jung's concepts and analysis of um, meaning and death and how to fill all these voids. And anyways, it's fascinating. So, alrighty, uh, on to part two another time.